Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this week we're continuing our courtroom adventure with Trial. As a reminder, Trial's designer, Dominique Dickey, currently has a Kickstarter running for their next games project, Tomorrow on Revelation 3. It's a satirical sci-fi RPG that takes a hard look at extreme capitalism. And it is currently funded and looking to hit stretch goals. The next stretch goal coming up at $7,750 will allow Dominique Dickey and Charles Linton, their co-designer, to pay themselves for writing the project at 10 cents per word. I would love to see them hit this threshold because everyone involved with this project really deserves the recognition. And of course, compensation. You can find Tomorrow on Revelation 3 by following the link in our show notes or searching it out on Kickstarter. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. everyone's thingy things thank you okay now we're going to move on to the next I'm just going to can I ask a sc- scoring question that yeah. maybe will help future players so because i revealed my secret what does that do to my points you get 10 points i think you get 10 points upon revealing it but then you no longer get points for acting to protect it okay so i made like one act to protect it do i get those points or if it was before revealing then... it then yes yeah, going chronologically. Okay. So that would give you okay. 11 points total. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And yeah. it's if you reveal it in your testimony. Yes. Okay. Got it. Who do I want to have testify next? I think I want to hear from Allie as Emily Burke. Got it. Okay. Let me roll the dice. Yeah. Okay. Let me write that down while I roll for my drive. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I anticipate that there will be drama. Juicy. Okay, so my <laughs> my secret is I'm in love with Bruce Orson. Ooh. And my drive is I'm frequently embarrassed by Abigail's behavior. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> this is so frequently embarrassed. So wait, so tell, so I get a point and if I protect my secret, I get two points. Is there anything by my drive? Yes. I get a point. If you act, if you take an action that's informed by your drive, you get a point. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. Okay. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth under pain and penalties of perjury? Yes. Please state your name for the record. My name is Emily Burke. And Miss Burr, what do you do? Um, I run a small yarn import export business. Um, I run it out of uh, me and Abigail's apartment. Well, now it's just my apartment. <laughs> that answers the question of where do you live, which was previously you lived with your sister, correct? Yes. And where were you on the night of your sister's death? Uh, that was a Friday. Um, so, you know, me and the me and the gals would get together. We would, um, you know, we were watching RuPaul's Drag Race. So we were uh, at home. Uh, I was in charge of making snacks that week. Um, so I made onion dip and we had sugar snap peas as I'm trying to stay healthy. So um, that was uh, what we were, I was there with my my friends. And when did you last see Abigail? Um, It was Friday night. Um, She was coming out of her room. Uh, It was maybe around seven because I was like, hey, drag race is about to start. And she was coming out of her room and she was making a lot of noise. And I was like, hey, sis, can you keep it down? me and the gals are trying to watch drag race and and she was like no i'm not gonna keep it down and i was like wow wow in front of all my friends in front of all my friends and then she was like and she was just like you don't even know you don't even know so you would say that she seemed upset i, I, I she was upset i was upset Donna was upset. Miriam was upset. We were all very upset. 
this incident caused uh, a bit of, of conflict, it would seem. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's like, so one, it's like, we're in front of all my friends. Two, it's like, that's my sweater and I can fucking tell, you know? It's like, I know that's my sweater and you're acting like I don't know that that's my sweater. I I specialize in yarn, okay? I can spot a sweater if it's mohair or angora from a block away. If she wants to act like that's not my sweater. So did you often have this sort of conflict with your sister? Oh my God, okay? All the time, just like all the time. You you want you want to go? Let's go through it. Britney Spears concert, 2014, a nightmare. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Game of Thrones convention, 2016. What a catastrophe. Okay, and then and then just like that morning, we had gotten she some stuff arrived at the apartment for her, and she was like, "Where did this come from? I didn't order any of this." And then I was like, what do you mean you didn't order any of this? And she's like, I don't know. Somebody just sent it to me. And I was like, well, can you get it out of the doorway? Because like the gals are coming over later and I can have a bunch of Amazon boxes lying around. Did you ever find out who ordered the items for her? They were a gift. From whom? Do you know? Just like, do you know what it's like when you like, it's like someone else gets all the packages and pretty stuff and it's like Valentine's Day and then you're not getting anything because it's not Valentine's Day? Objection, Your Honor. Cause for speculation of what happens when somebody gets all this stuff like it's Valentine's Day, but it's not Valentine's Day. No objection to that objection. <laughs> I'll rephrase. <laughs> My sister, she she has work friends and guy friends and people she's interested in and she receives gifts frequently so I don't always know who they're from. Would you say that your sister had the kind of conflict that she had with you with others? It's like Abigail's whole thing right is it's like with me she's a literal bridge troll (laughs) but with other people she's a responsible conscientious member of society who does nothing but uplift and improve the lives of those that she meets. And it's like, what am I? The bridge you live under, (laughs) troll? It does seem as though your friends, you mentioned Donna and Miriam, would agree with you in your assessment of Abigail's personality. Is that correct? No. They freaking love her. Noted. Would you say, you you say that Abigail is um, a conscientious member of society or at least seems as such to others that she meets. Would you say that she had any enemies? Um... You know, just like normal, uh, annoying people that she meets throughout her day. But then as she goes about her day, she like wins them over with her charm and freaking poise. Would you say that that anyone had a reason to want her dead? Uh, no, not really. No. Had you ever wished that she was dead? I mean, if you're asking me... Did I ever sit up at night in bed and think to myself, wow, I think my life would be better if my sister was dead. Yes, I've thought that. Who hasn't? We're women. That's just what (laughs) we think about people close to us. But if you're asking me, have I ever Googled Hitman Venmo? I have never. Cool. Were you previously familiar with the defendant, Mr. Orson? I mean, you say familiar, like, what what does that even mean? What I'm trying to get at is the relationship between Mr. Orson and your sister because he is a suspect in this case and I'm I'm asking what was your perception of that relationship between the two of them? Were they friends? Did they know each other? Did you observe them together? I mean, I think they like, they knew each other. Um, she mentioned that they were on, they were in like a meetup group together um, and so like she would go out and then I would like follow her where she was going. And then we, all of us would be there. So like, yes, I'm familiar with him. Has he spoken to me in my face? No. I see, but you'd seen him speak to your sister? Yes. Did you see anything else on the night of the 26th that stood out to you? She was, like I said, she was going out. She was wearing my sweater. So like that stuck out to me. Um, and she said that she was going to meet up with the people from the meetup group and they were going to go check out a concert and that she probably wouldn't be home until really late. 
So then when she didn't come home, I didn't really notice. And like, and besides on that episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, there was a double Shantae. So like we were up pretty late, like discussing the implications of the double Shantae. And so I'd say like my friends probably left around 1.30 and I went to bed and she didn't come home. Did Abigail frequent the Yellow Jacket Lounge? Yeah. Her stupid meetup is like, it's like jazz and gin, 1920s, gal pals and their guys hang out. And so like, she's always there because there's all these like freaking torch singers singing about unrequited love. <laughs> and I, I don't, that's not something I know about. So why would I go to that? But you had previously gone to the meetup group with your sister, is that correct? Yeah, it's like a joke. I see. And you mentioned that it was for for gal pals and their guys. Does that mean (laughs) that Bruce was someone's guy? If he was, congratulations to that person. (laughs) And that's all I know. (laughs) Uh, I have no further questions, Ms. Burke. Thank you for your cooperation. Uh, I'd like to open to cross-examination. Ms. Burke, are you aware that uh, the official policy uh, for White Hack Pond uh, is that if you catch a fish there, you self-report the length of that fish to the Parks and Rec Department, and that's that's just what they go (laughs) with? Are you aware of that? I mean, of course, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that rule. That is a rule that every single person knows. That must mean you're also aware that there's no verification process for this. So anyone can claim to catch a fish of any length at any time. I mean, yeah. Does that seem fair to you, Miss Burke? No, I mean, if you're going to, like, have a system in which rewards are or records are then being set, you want some sort of third-party authentication, um, like a judge or a council to be able to approve the length of the fish. I mean, even just as simple as putting a reference object in the photo with the fish would go so far to standardize fish sizes. Thank you, Miss Burke. No further questions. Uh, now, uh, Miss Burke, I might not be no big fan lawyer, <laughs> but I, I do have a couple uh, queries just rattling around in this old brain of mine. Uh, just real fast, you said that you had a just a passing familiarity with the defendant. Is that correct? Yeah, obviously. I said it, so yeah. I, I do. I do want to enter into evidence here. His cell phone. He does seem to have your cell phone number in his contacts. What? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, right here underneath uh, your sister's, he do- also does have yours, as you have the same last name. So that makes alphabetical sense. Oh my God! Shut up. I will not. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> While I do not see any correspondence between you two, you're saying that he never had occasion to call or text you? No. And, like, what's your point? Well, I just, while there is no actual uh, correspondence, I do want to, as part of this evidence, uh, submit the one thing he does in his drafts folder. uh, He does seem to have a message for you that is simply three emojis. Uh, It is, and I... Slow down. Slow (laughs) down. Slow down. Read them all to me so carefully. Well, I will I will attempt to as best I can. Uh, it seems to be an envelope as if to send a letter. And yeah, I know what an envelope is. What's the next one? It is a microphone with a woman in a red sparkly dress singing a song. And finally, fireworks. Red, blue, and green fireworks. Is it possible he was thinking of inviting you down to the club for some fireworks? There's like a number of ways that you could interpret those. I mean, like a lot of people say that like emojis are like they're less like figurative and more like evocative. But like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I guess it's a shame you never got that message because there's no way you could have ducked out during the viewing 
of your entertaining programs to quickly meet him at the club. Is that correct? No, I stayed and watched the whole thing because it was social media, the unverified rusical. Oh. So, like, why would I miss any of that? Oh, I don't know. Perhaps maybe when they get too campy, you kind of miss the hot felt interactions. I, <laughs> if I could gently push back, counselor, I don't think there's anything <laughs> too campy. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, that is, oh, just one more question. Did you know that upon the time of death, you said that your sister had taken your sweater, is that correct, to the club? Yeah, she was wearing my freaking sweater, like, always. Well, then why is it in the earlier, when we have the uh, <clears throat> cup death, the photos, she is not wearing the sweater in her final repose when they found her a dangling so high in the air? Um, I mean, mohair is a very delicate yarn and like any sort of jostling or if she caught it on something, it could, it could fall off or, or fly off. I mean, that's just, you know, a, an inherent quality of mohair is a yarn. Well, thank you for sharing your yarn with us. <laughs> <laughs> so folksy. For real folksy. That was so good. Okay, I think we're good to proceed to voting. Allie, please send me your desired outcome as a player. James and CJ, please send me whether you vote innocent or guilty. Okay, next I wanna hear from James as Max Bonner. Why don't you go ahead and roll your secret and drive and then share them with the class. Love to share. All right, for my secret, it was, you wanted to break things off with <sighs> Abigail, but were unsure, uh, unsure of how to do so. Wow. Okay. And my drive is you're woke, but not necessarily anti-racist. <laughs> you believe in equality, or, but not equity or justice. <laughs> uh, I didn't know if we'd find a character to hate more than the cop. Wow. What a, <laughs> what a treat. Wow. A woke white man. Okay. Please state your name for the record. Uh, yeah, my name is Max Bonner. <laughs> and may I just say, very excited to see you as a judge. <laughs> How dare. Oh, God. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth under pains and penalties of perjury? I swear to tell the truth, but not because the U.S. court system is going to punish me as it punishes all people unfairly and unjustly. <laughs> is that a yes? I, I guess that's I guess that's a yes. Again, sorry, it it's not you. It's the U.S. court system, as I've learned. Would you prefer the? I mean, I've given you the secular oath, which might be a bit confusing. Would you prefer the Christian oath? Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? So help you God. Does that make more sense? I was raised extremely Christian, so actually, <laughs> yes. Okay, we have secured the oath. Thank you for your cooperation, Mr. Bonner. What do you do? Uh, well, um, oh, uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Can you describe your relationship to the defendant? Were you familiar with him before the, the circumstances of the case? Oh, yeah, I know him through my job. He's a client. <laughs> <laughs> this is so frustrating. And could you describe your relationship with the deceased, Miss Miss Abigail Burke? Uh, yes. Abigail Burke uh, has been my longtime abuser. Would you care to elaborate? Um, I have recently uh, uh, <laughs> learned certain terms from Twitter, and I believe they all describe the relationship that I had with Abigail Burke. These terms uh, include, but are not limited to, gaslighting, uh, stealing the products that I use for work when I sell plants to people, uh, 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 Gaslighting? Did I say gaslighting? Because I meant it. Could you define gaslighting in your understanding, Mr. Bonner? No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but you believe that this term that, that you cannot define describes your relationship with the deceased? Yes. Uh, people seem extremely upset about gaslighting, and I feel extremely upset with the deceased. Therefore, it applies. <laughs> Could you elaborate on why you were upset with the deceased? Um, yes. So 
I was preparing some of my merchandise for some of my clients uh, to take to the Yellow Jacket Lounge. And I had it all in nice little packs that were themed to sort of like jazz age sort of stuff that, that you know, is a really, really good strain. It was going to uh, uh, go great with the evening. And I found as I went to gather my things that uh, uh, the deceased had taken it and distributed it to people with glaucoma. So I was unable to sell uh, the products that I sell for my job, which I do plead the fifth about. So, so you would say that, that the deceased pulled from you on the night of, of her death? Well, um, okay, I am under oath. So did the deceased pay for the initial product that I then resell? Yes. Was it mine or shared property? Who's to say? So this was product that the deceased had initially purchased for you that she reappropriated for other uses. I, I mean, yes, yes. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very frustrated. Uh, I'd say Yellow Jacket Lounge nights are really great for me and my business. And, you know, that's how I maintain our lifestyle of me paying 25% of every date that we go on. <laughs> how long had you been dating, uh, Miss Burke? 10 years. <laughs> and had she been um, supporting your business endeavors throughout that entire time span? Uh, she made the appearance of supporting everything I do. Uh, but this was part of her dark cycle of abuse. She was always encouraging me to educate myself, to go out and get jobs within the oppressive patriarchal uh, uh, capitalist system that we maintain in this dog shit country we live in. Uh, she was always uh, telling me to... Uh, you know, move into confrontations with people that I was upset with and apologize to them for my behaviors. Did Abigail ever behave in ways that upset or alarmed you? In retrospect, absolutely. And how did you respond when she would behave in ways that upset you? Um, well, uh, usually uh, I would sort of take her criticisms her her jibes her jabs her you know endless gaslighting and i would kind of uh listen to her advice and it would resolve whatever wacky situation i was in that week but resolve it in a way that like in retrospect looking back hindsight 2020 was extremely not cool but at the time, it seemed as though she were so she was actively problem solving and improving their quality of life. I mean, yes, when I was under her influence, that's what it seemed like. Yes. What are some of these changes that she had pushed you into making in the resolution of these conflicts? Can you provide concrete examples? Well, uh, until recently, uh, I was working at Staples, uh, and that's a job that that uh, she encouraged me to apply for. Uh, and during the no less than one dozen times during the application process where I wanted to quit and walk away from the application, uh, she uh, forced me through encouragement to finish that application process. And I was hired, eventually fired for uh, smoking on the job a couple weeks ago and I got a different job that it was kind of a side gig before, but now is my actual job. And I'm very happy because it's very fulfilling and I believe in it. And that's the, the job that you plead the fifth about? Absolutely. 100% plead the fifth. Were you part of Abigail's meetup group that would convene at the Yellow Jacket Lounge? Uh, yes, I, I was an avid part, I would say. So you were familiar with the other members of the group? Yes. Were there any members of the group that seemed to have problems or conflict with Abigail? 
Well, I mean, it's hard to say. It's a social group. Everyone kind of like has their ins and outs, their own tensions that they carry. Uh, and I'm a bit of an empath uh, and an observer uh, of human interactions. Uh, so I feel like I've picked up on a few of them. Uh, I think probably if we were going to single it out to uh, one person that might have clashed with Abigail uh, on a, I guess philosophical level it would be the shadow lady <laughs> could you tell me more about the shadow lady i wish i could <laughs> <laughs> can you provide any identifying information about the shadow lady oh sure i would like to enter into evidence i'm going to spend a point on it it is a <laughs> photograph that looks like a photograph out of a horror movie it's like a facebook picture of a bunch of people in like these jazz age uh kind of costumes and one of them is like kind of a, a, a sinister void thank you i really appreciate this uh, this visual aid would you say that the shadow lady had conflict with any other members of the group <laughs> um it's really hard to say. Uh, we kind of had a group dynamic uh, that we had established uh, where the shadow lady would maybe uh, tell people to do things uh, or commit certain acts. Uh, and then Abigail kind of went out of her way to undo these things uh, and maybe sway people away from these various paths, which I've learned since is abuse. <laughs> Did the shadow lady ever try to tell any members of your group to do acts that seemed violent or concerning to you? Well, never concerning to me, but plenty of violent acts, sure. <laughs> Could you uh, provide an example of a violent act that someone was asked to do by the shadow lady? Uh, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, the the shadow lady, um, when she drove uh, uh, to to a meetup one time, like we all walked out, and w the shadow lady like was getting a ticket uh, from from a meter person, and the shadow lady uh, stared into my eyes and encouraged me in a positive way to throw a brick at the <laughs> meter person's little like device that they were using to print up the ticket. And did you? Uh, no, because at the time, Abigail grabbed my hand as I was picking up the brick and said, don't, what are you doing? I understand. Um, Which was gaslighting. <laughs> Does it seem possible to you that the shadow lady would instruct any member of your meetup group to commit murder? Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master. Let's get things started off with a Radvertisement. This one comes to us from the Central Wisconsin Area Community Theater's free virtual production of Do You Read Me? Everyone at NASA thinks Dr. Weaver's Mars Colony is a joke because it's full of average Joes instead of astronauts. And their mission is to grow the first ever eggplant on Mars. As Dr. Weaver takes reports from the questionably qualified crew that inhabits the colony under the leadership of the arrogant commander, the mission starts to seem impossible. But could there be more to the story than they're letting on? This is a completely free performance of the space comedy, Do You Read Me? If you want to catch this performance, be sure to like CW Act on Facebook, subscribe to their YouTube channel, or visit bit.ly slash cwact-mars for more information about their upcoming free virtual show. A huge thank you to the Central Area Wisconsin Community Theater for sponsoring the show this week, and I wish everyone involved breaks a leg. As always, thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We recently dealt with a barrel full of technical issues for recordings that we got from Zoom, and our editor Tracy Barnett has been a real trooper in dealing with them. And we owe their involvement to your support. So if you like what you're hearing here and you want more great one-shot content, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to be a supporter. There are all sorts of great rewards for backing the show, 
If you happen to back us at the $15 plus level, you are signed up for the One Shot Book Club, where we give you free RPG PDFs every month. This month's game is Ursia, Grave of Heaven by S. John Ross. It can be yours along with all sorts of other great rewards if you head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to support now. A huge thank you to everyone who supports us already, and thanks in advance to everyone who's going to support us in the future. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. Wow. Wow. I never thought I'd hear a judge like you ask a leading question. But here we are. Objection! Leading! <laughs> Objection! I don't think don't the judge is Isn't this the district attorney? Is this an attorney? Oh I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah. I also, I don't know how to ask this question, but it's such a juicy question. Oh, man. Did the shadow lady ever instruct uh, Mr. Orson to take any action that seemed out of character for him? Well, the shadow lady and Mr. Orson were kind of at conflict in their own way, you know? <laughs> Can you describe this conflict? Uh, yeah, uh, like a couple times, like uh, the shadow lady would like try to approach him at the meetup because it's an open meetup group. And we kind of all agree that we welcome everyone. And one of the things that you have to do when you welcome everyone is never turn anyone away for any reason, even if there's verifiable proof that they're doing wrong or causing harm. That's just, you know, social justice 101. So uh, Mr. Orson kind of raised the issue that like, hey, I don't think we should invite the shadow lady anymore because she uses hypnotic powers to encourage us to commit violent deeds. And we kind of all agreed that this is a welcoming group. It doesn't matter that the shadow lady is just kind of a dark void that cannot be seen or perceived and that we should let her continue to be at the meetup. And Mr. Orson was kind of upset about that, I'd say. Which, you know, not super progressive of him. Kind of a disappointment. I'm going to leave it there. No further questions. Thank you for your cooperation, Mr. Bonner. I'd like to open the cross-examination. Wow. Mr. Bonner, I have, I have a question for you. You got a lighter? Of course I do. He pulls out a lighter that is like one of those bears from the Grateful Dead. And like you slide its, its head to the side and it does light up. Mr. Bonner, follow-up question. Does the time 420 have any significance to you? Uh, Mr. Bonner is sweating profusely just at the mention of that question. Uh, for, 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 for 20, I've never heard that, never heard it before in my life. You've never heard of the time. 20 minutes past the hour of four. I find that I, I find that interesting. Mr. Bonner, would you have anyone in your circle that is known to you that goes by the name of Mary Jane? Uh, he like the the sweat he's like he's wearing a, a, a suit right now. It is a cheap suit, but he is like completely pitted out the suit. It's gone through the suit shirt. It's now no. like running down the sleeves. And he sort of like wipes his hair out of his face and like there's just a slick like droplets of sweat like like spray against against the stand. Uh, uh, maybe prob there are a lot of people in the group, so probably, probably act it can't be disproven. So Mr. Bonner. Yeah. You yeah. you holding? You holding, bro? Bro. Holding Bro, you holding? Holding Christ's love in my heart, bro. Every day, all day, bro. You holding, bro? You holding? Objection! Speculative. They're speculating that I'm holding. You can't object from the stand. Uh, then I plead the fifth. I can do that. No further questions. Uh, I just have a quick question. Uh, Staples. That is that their office supply store. Is that correct? That is correct, and they are not a sponsor of this podcast. They just kind of got in for free. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fantastic. And what was your uh, duties there in that state? Uh, I uh, manned the copy machines. Uh, it was my mm -hmm. job to take customer documents and put it into the machine. Okay. Fantastic. Now, there are some fancy documents. Is that correct? I would say so. Yeah. In fact, some of them uh, come rolled up, such as blueprints or contracts or other larger sheets of paper. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I would like to admit, do they come rolled up in a large metal tube such as this one? And I hold ah. up a large metal tube. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a common tube. No. It's like an upgrade. And I'm not saying that you have various small pouches of goods, and this would be a great way to transport said small uh. pouches. I'm just saying, did you ever take chance to maybe accidentally bring one of those home after a long day stapling? Oh, I think I can see what this is about. Uh, you know... I deal with many tubes in my job, and it's easy to misplace Thank you. tubes. I don't know more questions. <laughs> Just a couple more questions. <laughs> this shadow lady, when did you first become acquainted with her? Well, acquainted, I think, is a strong word. How would you describe your relationship with this shadow lady? Wow, relationship, also kind of a strong word. I'd say the shadow lady uh, was just always sort of around and, uh, you know, in your ear, as it were. When you gazed upon her, what would fill your mind's eye? Well, I guess that depends on what the shadow lady was frustrated with that day, probably. <laughs> okay, uh, was the shadow lady ever frustrated with Abigail directly? Did she ever express Oh, that yes, to many you? times. Abigail continually thwarted mm -hmm. uh, 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 <laughs> and impeded the shadow lady in, in the course of her own agenda. Did Abigail ever say to you uh, uh, that, you, that she's worried about the shadow lady? Many times. She did. Uh, would she say these things to you uh, in person? Uh, yes. Uh, many times in person, though never at uh, the Yellow Jacket Lounge. Would she ever send these to you via text? Uh, uh, yes, though every time we tried to refer to the Shadow Lady in text, uh, it would get replaced with emojis. Uh, oh, very interesting. Very interesting detail. Has uh, the Shadow Lady ever been to your home? Um, no, uh, Shadow Lady cannot cross my threshold uh, because of uh, decorations that I do have that have been meaning to get rid of because they are part of uh, the the Christian sort of patriarchal uh, 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 religious state that has wrought this country so much injustice that I firmly stand against. Great. One final question. You holding? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Shit. <laughs> no more questions, Your Honor. <laughs> and if there's any justice, he's immediately arrested. <laughs> yeah, I think he's escorted from the court, which is a shame because I have one more question, which is: Would the, has the shadow lady ever instructed someone to harm themselves? <laughs> oh well, it's up in the air. Yeah. We're never gonna uh, know. Sorry, double jeopardy. We're never gonna know. <laughs> All right, James. Send me your desire.com. Ali and CJ, send me your both. I have a more theoretical question, which is if someone committed a murder at the instruction of the shadow lady, who is at fault? Well, you know, we're kind of relying on the U.S. justice system yeah. for our guidelines, which, boy, howdy, I don't even know. I think the person who did the murder would be, would be at fault in that case. I believe this would be tantamount to if like I said, like I have kidnapped your beloved dog, murder this person or I will kill oh, your dog. Yeah. It'd be murder under yeah. duress. You could make okay. it like a duress. So I, I, I bet you'd be like manslaughter yeah. or something. Going forward, we will go with the dog <laughs> murder <laughs> precedent for the shadow lady's <laughs> dark domain. <laughs> Oh, this but so we, we still don't know uh, who she has, if the shadow lady has instructed anyone, yeah. who she instructed, and then what that person yeah. did with that information. I kind of want to subpoena the shadow lady when we get to subpoenas. Mm -hmm. 
if it is possible. Yeah, that's the big that. question. I think we need to have a little bit of we may <laughs> world we may building discussion. Yeah. She might be. She might yes. truly be in the ether. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if I could ask the entire courtroom <laughs> to fall asleep so she visit us in our dreams. <laughs> Collective nap time. Yep. With the hope yep. of dreaming of an eldritch horror that will perhaps confess yep. to murder. Anyway, I think I want to hear from Roberta next. So that's you, Allie. So go ahead and roll up your secret and drive. Okay. So my secret is. Uh, I had a previous run-in with Officer Mosley, and my drive is I distrust the criminal justice system and believe my son has been wronged in the course of his arrest and trial. Okay. I respect it. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, under pains and penalties of perjury? Yes, I do. Thank you. Please state your name for the record. My name is Roberta Orson. And what do you do, Ms. Orson? I am, well, I run a dry cleaning business, but I do not uh, use any of the martinizing chemicals, that process. I'm more sort of front of the house, you might say. I understand. And where were you on the night of April 26th? Ooh, let me see. Friday night, April 26th. Ooh, uh, you know what? Gotta be honest. Me and my gals got together watching RuPaul Drag Race. Uh, we had, you know, I closed up uh, the dry cleaners. I, you know, put everything on that big old carousel and spun it around a few times and uh, headed on home uh, because I, we were going to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Do you enjoy the episode? I mean, you know, it was a good episode. Here's here's the whole thing. It's like, are you just going to do a double Shantae because you can? Or are you doing a double Shantae because each queen deserves to be there? I mean, you got to ask those kind of questions. Definitely. Totally understood, Ms. Orson. When did you last interact with your son before his arrest? Oh, um, he had called me uh, Friday during the day because, you know, he he had been... He had been trying to go back to school, and so he wanted me to review uh, some some materials for his application because he wanted to finish his degree. Uh, so he was sending, he was going to email me. You know, I'm not good with the emails, but he was going to email me. Uh, he was going to email me an essay, and he wanted me to review it, uh, give him some notes and some thoughts. And when you spoke to him, did anything seem abnormal about his demeanor? You know, you know, every time your son calls you, you're trying to, you know, you listen in, you're trying to to just get a sense of how he is. Because, you know, boys, they don't want to tell nobody nothing. Right. Uh, He did uh, sound like he was in some sort of. uh, I don't know what you call it. I don't know. Like a pocket dimension. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some sort of uh you know like a like a howling wind but a, a wind not not from this earth uh not not from this plane uh you know so that was i thought he was out for a jog i said don't call me when you're jogging you gotta pay attention but you know boys would you say that he frequently jogs in pocket dimensions <sighs> you know uh that's a little out of character for him. You know, he prefers to jog along the lake. Um, so him <laughs> being in a pocket dimension was a bit of a shock to me. Have you ever visited a pocket dimension? Oh, no. Never been in a pocket dimension. You know, I've been, I've been all sorts of places. My sister lives in Pensacola, so I go down there frequently, <laughs> but never to some sort of <laughs> space outside of uh, Earth and time where the laws of man and, and physics don't make sense. You know, just Pensacola. Um, did uh, Bruce ever speak to you about his circle of friends that he would spend time with on the weekend? Oh, yeah. Uh, he had lots He had lots of friends. You know, he had um, a rugby team. Uh, he was on a rugby team. He had uh, his friends from work, from uh, the Pop Bellies, where he was working. Um, he also had a group of friends that they would go see jazz concerts around the city. So he, he did mention that there was a group of people that went to see jazz concerts. Specifically regarding the group of friends that he would go to, to jazz shows with, 
did anything come off about them that ever concerned you or seemed off-putting to you? Um, you know, it seemed like they were, uh, excuse me, you know, an upstanding group of people. Um, you know, there were about 10, 12 of them that would go out. Um, you know, some people he knew he met on the internet, which, you know, I don't always like. Uh, there were some people that sort of were friends of friends. Um, and then, of course, there was some sort of, um, I want to say, you know, I, I I don't know these terms, you know, kids got all these kind of terms for, you know, the pronouns. And it was some sort of um, like an interdimensional specter that was also in this group of friends. So, you know, I don't know if that's a, you know, what you call that, but that was somebody in the group. Terminology aside, I think I've heard um, I've heard her referred to thus far as a shadow lady. Um, Again, so, I, I don't oh. know her well, but you know, but that seems sort of correct. Were you concerned about um, about your son spending time with someone from a different dimension like this? You know, you try to be open-minded. You know, back when I was a kid, you stuck with people that were from a mortal plane. And, you know, as a result of that, I don't know if I had too many experiences that, you know, challenged my understanding of space and time. So, you know, I wanted that for him. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm more concerned that there seemed to be people around that were engaging in, in illegal activities. Uh, he had mentioned that there was somebody in the group uh, selling drugs, you know, very openly and almost obvious, painfully <laughs> obviously uh, selling drugs. So I didn't want that kind of uh, behavior around him. Were you worried that Bruce might get into some sort of legal or interpersonal trouble by being involved with these people? You know, everybody gonna get into interpersonal trouble. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. You know, I, I, I don't like my sister's husband. I think Wayne is a piece of shit, you know, but that, that comes up. That's, you can't avoid that, you know, but sometimes tr with the law, trouble going to find you. You know what I mean? I, I do. Did Bruce ever um, seem to, at, in the time since Bruce had become involved with this, this jazz group, uh, did he ever seem to act out of character in any way that seemed odd to you? No, he was a, a good, upstanding young man. You know, uh, the things that they're talking about that he's that he supposedly has done, you know, to sort of string a person up in some sort of, I don't know, the word hellscape was used in the media. I don't think that's fair, you know, but that, that doesn't sound like, that's not my boy. That's not my boy. And I think, you know, it's real easy for these kind of things to get spun out of control and people wanting to really make make somebody the bad guy when they're not. I understand. Were you familiar with uh, Abigail Burke? Again, I, I heard the name, um, but beyond that, I sort of hadn't heard that they had had much interaction that he communicated to me. She seemed like a nice person. Uh, she seemed corporeal, which is good for his circle of friends. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, know, know too much about her. Did Bruce ever mention uh, Emily Burke to you? Uh, you know, uh, that name did come up. Uh, he said she was a, a very nice young lady. Again, she had a form that was rooted in uh, human anatomy and, and dynamics. So that was, again, seemed like a plus. Um, but just somebody else in the group that he seemed to enjoy their company. Aside from your relationship with um, the defendant and being able to speak to his character, what connects you to this case? I mean, you know, something like this happen happens in your neighborhood you always going you going to follow the story um you know and i, I can't say that i've i, I haven't had my run-ins with the legal system so you know i'm always sort of paying attention 
uh, to what's going on out there because I know uh, I know how these cops can get. Um, did Bruce ever get in any kind of trouble when he might have been younger and living at home? Any kind of um, violent behavior or legal trouble, anything like that? No, no, nothing like that. Nothing like that. You know, again, you know, you look at you look at a boy from a single single parent home. He he's, he drops out of school. People look they look for the worst. Okay, they look for the worst. And what you really should be thinking about is how we're allowing the fabric between the planes of reality to be so thin at which beings can pass from from one timeline into another. You know, those are the questions that we should be concerned with. That is a very good point. You raise a good point there, Ms. Larson. Thank you so much. I, I think it's good too. <laughs> Had you ever been to the Yellow Jacket Lounge yourself? Uh, you know, during the day, it's a lovely cafe. So <laughs> they have, um, you know, I like, it's a, they got a thing on the menu where you can get, it's like a meatball, you can get on a sandwich, on a salad, on a plate of pasta. So you just pick what kind of meatball, you pick your sauce, what you want it on. I like that a lot. And did anything about the establishment itself that you were seem odd to you? Um, you know, it, it seems there's a, a a real a real police presence there, and I and I don't know why. You know, it's it's in a, a good neighborhood, lots of families, friendly people, but you know, it just seems like there's just always officers outside trying to stir people up. You know, they're always trying to, to, to talk to you or ask you questions, you know, and then they're running around stepping on rakes, hitting themselves in the face. <laughs> you know, what kind of <laughs> kind of place is that? You can't have fun. You worried about something like that. Would you say that the presence, um, that the police presence seems designed to prevent any kind of disturbance from happening in the first place? You know, you got that, you got that many cops around, um, you know, they're they're walking into so many open manholes, you know. <laughs> the, the disturbance angle, the disturbance ain't gonna be from the people. It's gonna be from from them trying to crawl themselves out of the sewers. You're gonna see something they don't like down there, and then they bring that attitude to the surface. <laughs> I understand completely, Ms. Orson. Um, I have no further questions. Thank you for your cooperation. Uh, cross-examination, go ahead. Miss Orson, are you aware that the prize that uh, the Parks and Rec Department in charge of White Hack Pond offers to people who catch record-setting trout is a free fishing license every year, as long as they hold that record? You you don't have to tell me what the prize is. I damn near almost won it six times. You don't you don't have to tell me that. And and uh, then th then you must also be aware that uh, there is a petition right now uh, up on the internet that anybody can sign uh, to change to change the policy to if someone is caught holding a record under false pretenses that they should have to back pay for fishing licenses for every year that they've held that record. Okay. See, now that, that seems like something I didn't, I was not aware. That seems like something I would like to sign. Uh, so if you could just send that to my Facebook, um, you know, it might go to the other folder. It might take me a minute to see it, but I'm, I'll find it. And I would like to sign that petition. No further questions, your honor. Uh, 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 Miss Orson, we have you under oath saying that you have never violated causality. <laughs> that time and space have been a linear path for your entire lifetime. Is that correct? As I have experienced it, yes. Well, then I would like to enter this evidence of you dressed as a cowboy in sepia tone. <laughs> How are we supposed to believe that this photograph happened? Okay, well, if you know, if you want to just look in the background of that, 
Um, you can see out the window, uh, Six Flags, Great America. <laughs> oh, and I suppose that this Six Flags uh, allows you some sort of booth to capture a moment in time from any time period of your choosing? You know, they got about four or five options, but one of them is Cowboys, so... Oh. I, thought, I thought that would be kind of fun. <laughs> so they even provide you with the costume. Or am I supposed to believe that you walked in dressed this way to an amusement park? Uh, they provide the costume. They do? Like that's the whole purpose of the booth. Wait, wait, they do? Yeah, they get, they give you know, it's a costume. You can pick a Would you say that this process is affordable? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, see, here's the thing. If I if, were to have a 12-year-old nephew visiting, would this be a good place to take them? See, here's the thing. It's free to dress up. It's free to take the picture. But to print the picture, oh, that's, that's, that's what, oh. That's what, you know, they want to put it in yeah. one of them little frames. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get you to put it on a magnet, like a keychain. Right, right, right. You, you, just, know? you just got the photo, you get the magnet, too. Uh, I I got the keychain because oh. I like you know at the end of the day if I'm feeling kind of low it's been a hard day you know ordering hangers and mm -hmm. the plastic bags to go over to dry cleaning I pull I get to I get to my door I pull out my keys and I go girl you was a cowgirl one day all right well, and, you know then that's I, I guess <laughs> I guess I have no further questions but I would like to enter Six Flags Great America in the list for staples who got free advertising from this case. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of One Shot features music from Scott Buckley, used under a Creative Commons International 4.0 license. The track used is Sleep. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more Trial. In the meantime, be sure to check out some of the other great gaming shows here on the One Shot Network. Like All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast powered by you. Each week, best friends Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer take a listener submitted prompt and, using some of their favorite tabletop RPGs, create an original fantasy character. Along the way, they populate a shared universe one story at a time. They share laughs, stories, and verbal hugs along the way. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and heroes, this week, once again, I want you calling your representatives, demanding that they reunite migrant families and close detention centers which are currently holding children. This needs to be one of our nation's top priorities. It's unacceptable that this happened under the previous administration, but the longer it goes on under this current administration, the more complicit they become in that heinous action. Now, when I call my representatives, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find issue summaries for issues like this one, along with contact information for your representatives and scripts to read while you're on the phone to help you get your point across. Calling is quick, and it can have a huge impact on issues like this. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.